Good afternoon. Welcome to the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. So happy to have you with us today. And I'm delighted and happy to have in studio with me Tim Miles, who is pastor of Well Height Baptist Church here in Cookville. Tim, thank you so much, sir. We appreciate your being here. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. The uh, And I want, before we talk about your ministry and church work and pastoring Well Height, uh, I want our audience to get to know Tim a little bit. Uh, okay. And uh, so, and how you came to believe that you were called in the ministry, uh, how that happened, how you responded to that. Tell our audience that story, if you would. Okay. I was 13 years old when I sensed the call to ministry. And um, the way that that happened in my life was that a lot of people think that you're going to hear an audible voice from the Lord, and maybe there are people that did that. But... I never heard an audible voice. I just felt the still, small uh, whisper in my heart uh, of God uh, speaking to me. In fact, uh, I can remember that evening so vividly. Um, we had gone to bed, and I felt a presence in my bedroom. And I yelled out for my mom and my dad, and nobody responded. And the only thing I knew to do was get up and pray. And so I got up and knelt beside my bed and just started talking to God. And in that process of prayer, talking to God, um, I knew in my heart God was telling me, Tim, I want you to be a pastor. I want you to be a preacher. And um, uh, I, I told him that I would do whatever he wanted me to do. And um, so I made that commitment that night, kneeling beside my bed um, at 13 years old, that um, I was going to be a pastor and a preacher for the rest of my life. And um, the next morning, uh, I said to my mom and dad while we were eating breakfast, I said, I called for you. I, I yelled out for you in the middle of the night last night. We never heard you. <laughs> so it was a God thing. And uh, God had an appointment with me that night. And um, I would tell somebody, you need to listen to God, not with your ears, but with your heart. And because God speaks to our heart. And after you sense God speaking to your heart, look for the confirmations that God will bring your way. Um, and he did that. Um that happened uh, in my bedroom one night. The following Sunday during the invitation, I made a public commitment before the church I grew up in um, that I was going to dedicate my life to being a preacher, being a pastor. There was an elderly gentleman in the church at the time. Uh, his name was Elmer Wilson. He's gone home to be with the Lord now, but I'll never forget him as long as I live, Dwight. He came to me that Sunday after church was over, and he said, Tim, I knew from the very first time I met you, God was going to use you in a very special way. But he said, I couldn't tell you that until God told you that first. And so God used him as a confirmation of the call that he had placed in my life. And um, there are times you get discouraged, and there's times that you feel like I'm just going to throw in the towel and quit. But it's in those moments I forget. Uh, I never forget Elmer Wilson and what he said to me 
And I know that there's a call on my life that I have to fulfill. Tim, what a great, great story and testimony. Thank you. What a great story. And there's so many aspects of that that I want to explore with you. Sure. Um, wow. 13. Now, obviously, you were a Christian at 13. So when did you receive, mm-hmm. when did you begin your personal relationship with Christ? When did you accept him okay. as your Lord and Savior? Uh, March of 1977. And Charleston First Baptist Church, Charleston, Tennessee. Charles in Bradley County. Yes, sir. It's my neck of the woods. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, now, and how were you then? I was nine years old. Nine years old. Yes, so sir. At nine years old, mm-hmm. you became the temple of the Holy Spirit. Christ That's right. was your hope of glory. Absolutely. And at thirteen years old, and obviously from now, were you? Did did your parents have you in church most of your life? Well, or, see, that's that that's all? a unique uh, thing too, Dwight. Is my mom and dad weren't um, always in church. They were sporadic, but as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be in God's house on Sundays, and I had school teachers, neighbors uh, throughout my life that made sure that I was there at church with them. Um, I, I'll never forget, we. I grew up in Rome Baptist Church in Rome, Tennessee. That's where I made the commitment to be a pastor. Uh, we moved to Carthage area. Um, shortly after I was saved, along about 10 or 11 years old. And uh, there was a great couple that lived in our community, Gene and Charles Kappelinger. And uh, that couple would come to my house, pick me up, and take me to church every time the doors were open. And so they were missionaries, for lack of a better word. And uh, I think that is the best way to describe them. Uh, because they invested in me to make sure I was in God's house. And so as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be in God's house. And um, when I was nine, I had a third-grade teacher. Her name was Miss Thompson. And Dwight, she would pick me up on Sunday morning. And on the way to church, she would tell me repeatedly, Tim, do you know how much God loves you? Do you know God loves you? And then... After church, on the way home, she talked about how much God loved me. And through her just sharing with me the love of God repeatedly, I mean, how could I not want a relationship with a God who loved me so much that he sent his son to die for me? Wow. Wow. And I want to, let's focus on Miss Thompson for a minute. Yes. Because, I mean, here here's Miss Thompson. She's with the Lord now. I don't know. Oh, sure. I, I, when we moved to Carthage, I lost touch with her. But here is, and you know what, Tim, that is something that we all can do. That's she right. She was an encouragement to you. That's exactly she, right. She spoke the love of God into you. She didn't tell you that God was mad at you and was going to jump no. out of heaven and hit you with a ball bat if you ever messed up. That's right. She said, God loves you. God loves you. So God used this precious lady yes. in your life in a powerful way. Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, we don't realize how much of an impact we're making on somebody else's life just by a simple phrase. God loves you. Yeah. And we can and we can all be Mrs. Thompson's to someone, to someone we else. We all have that That's capacity right. to speak encouraging words, just like Miss Thompson did into your life that made a real difference to you that helped right. you want to establish and enhance that relationship with God. Absolutely. Tim, uh, thank you so much for being with us today. We're yes. glad to have you, our radio audience, joining us. My guest today on the chat is Tim Miles. He's pastor of Well Height Baptist Church in Cookville, and we'll be back and continue our conversation with Tim in just a moment.
We're back on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Happy to have you with us today. Very delighted to be speaking with Pastor Wilhite Baptist Church here in Cookville, my friend Tim Miles. Tim, you told us a powerful story uh, about about receiving Christ as your Savior as a nine-year-old boy. One night in your bedroom, as you've told our audience already, uh, in a still, small voice, a soft way, not yelling mm-hmm. and screaming, not audible, but in your heart, which is even louder in a sense. Absolutely. A soft voice, you knew that that was the Spirit of God calling you to be a pastor mm-hmm. and to be in the ministry. Mm-hmm. That for and 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 you and of course you'd been you'd been a person even as a young boy who wanted to be in church every time the door was open. And your parents, by your own uh, words there earlier, were inconsistent. But you found mm-hmm. a way to get there anyway. So right. you'd had that word in your heart. I want to go back to that night. That had to be just revelation to you. I mean, and you oh, probably still remember it like it was yesterday. Just like it was yesterday. You know, you think about Moses at the burning bush, and I'm sure as long as Moses lived, he never forgot that experience. Yeah, Mine was not a burning bush experience, but I did feel like, Dwight, that I was in the presence of God so much that if I just reached out my hand, I would have touched him. That's how close I felt I was to God that night that he spoke to my heart about being a pastor, being a preacher. And um, it is something that goes with me almost daily that I think about it. You know, and that as a 13-year-old boy, that, uh, you know, when you come mm-hmm. to believe that God is talking to you through the Holy Spirit in your heart, that that had to be just an incredible. What were you? Was it was it a sense of peace? Were you anxious? Do you did you have some fear about what what at, at first? How did you know that you right. know that was God? At first, I was afraid because I thought, "What is what?" You know, I was awoken out of sleep, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And that's why I called out for my mom and dad. Well, when they didn't respond, I thought the only thing I know to do is get on my knees and start praying. And so I started praying, and in the midst of that time of just praying to God, saying, God, I don't know what's going on here. Help me to understand. And when I asked God to help me understand, he responded by speaking to my heart. And uh, he had a reason for waking me up that night, and that reason was to put that call upon my life. And um, uh, so... When God wakes you up in the middle of a, of a sound sleep, you know, start praying and say, God, why did you do that? You know, somebody said you never ask God why, but I love what Dr. Charles Stanley says. If we never ask why, we may never know why. And so sometimes we have to ask God, God, why are you waking me up? Uh, why did you want me to go through this? Uh, and, and he will tell us. He will let us know either by speaking to us through the Holy Spirit or by speaking to us through his word. And oftentimes he'll put other people in our lives to speak to us as well. And he did in this case, as you mentioned earlier, but but you've used a word a couple of times, uh, Tim, Pastor Tim, that, um, that, you know, this is something you heard in your heart. When you use the word heart, you're not talking about, the organ that pumps blood through your body. You're talking no, about a different kind of heart. I'm talking about my spirit. Yeah. Uh, I knew in my spirit. Um, the ancient Hebrews used the word heart to talk about the seat of the emotions. I, I guess we would refer to it today as our mind. 
I don't like to use our mind because our mind is very deceitful. Uh, but I like to re- refer to it as our spirit. God, God spoke to me in my spirit. Um, and, um, uh, it's hard to put that into words to where other people can understand it, but it's just your spirit, your, your soul deep within you. And you, and you, and, and as a 13 year old boy, uh, I probably would have been tempted to kind of roll over and go back to sleep if you could, mm-hmm. maybe you couldn't, but what you did, you took action immediately mm-hmm. on what you had just heard. Right. And as a 13 year boy rolled out of bed, got on your knees and said, God, what are you saying to me? That mm-hmm. act of obedience, that immediate act of obedience, uh, I heard say recently, uh, uh, obedience delayed is disobedience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that act of obedience of saying, okay, God, I want to communicate with you and, and, and get clarity on what's going on here. Uh, you, you obeyed and talk about you. So you begin to communicate with God through prayer immediately. Exactly. Yes, sir. Um, you know, uh, I like to say that I grew up in church, even though my mom and dad didn't take me to church, because like I said, I've always had people that made sure I got there. And, uh, from a young boy up, uh, I can remember Sunday school lessons, sermons that I heard that uh, the, always talked about prayer. And when you don't know what else to do, pray. And um, when when you're when you're in the midst of a situation like that and you don't know what's going on or what to do, the best thing to do is pray. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And you did. Mm-hmm. You, and, and you did. And I want to continue that story. Uh, so you said, God, okay, at 13, you, you committed yourself to the ministry, to the pastorate. Right. You made that declaration public at the church, I think you said the next Sunday. That's right. You went before the church and said, here's what I believe God has called me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Um, pick up the story there. What happened from that point forward? Okay. Uh, my pastor spent a lot of time investing in me. Um, and mentoring me and helping shape me uh, for the future ministry that God had for me. And so he began to invest himself into my life as well. And um, he started allowing me to uh, begin by uh, teaching uh, young boys uh, in Sunday school uh, occasionally when the teacher couldn't be there, to moving up to teaching adults uh, when the teacher needed to, uh, somebody to fill in. And then to eventually preaching for him on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday nights occasionally. And so um, uh, he just began to give me opportunity and invest in me. And um, I've always said, Dwight, when God brings a young man into my life, that or anybody for that matter, that uh, tells me God's called me into the ministry, I want to invest in them like my pastor invested in me and give them opportunity to fulfill the calling God's placed upon their life as well. So you immediately, when you went to made that public, you immediately had a pastor, a mentor, mm-hmm. an yes, experienced sir. man called of God who was doing what you were called to do to take you under his wing and yes. begin to coach you and give you spiritual guidance and direction into what called you to do. That had to be, what a blessing that was. Yes. And and I guess we're speaking to all pastors right now. What an opportunity that they continue to have uh, to do that for young people that come into their mm-hmm. life. 
My guest today on the chat is Pastor Tim Miles, pastor of Willhout Baptist Church. We're back with more with Tim in just a moment. Welcome back to the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. My guest, Pastor Will Hype Baptist Church in Cookville, Tennessee, Tim Miles. Tim, what an incredible story that you have shared with our audience about your being called of God into the ministry and uh, how Mrs. Thompson spoke the love of God into you. Other people came along. Your pastor at the time was your mentor, your coach, your spiritual guidance. Uh, and then you he began to use you as a teacher uh, and to fill in for him and then, um, so pick up the story right there between what happened then uh, and your arrival at Wilhite. Give okay. Take us on that journey, if you will. All right. Um, well, I continued as a teenage boy preaching around churches in Smith County uh, when pastors uh, was on vacation or whatever. And then um, uh, after I graduated from Smith County High School in 1986, I went to uh, Mid-Continent Baptist Bible College in Mayfield, Kentucky. Uh, since then, it's ceased to exist. But I went there and got probably two and a half years of Bible education and ministry preparation under my belt. And uh, there I met my wife, and we got married. Um, June the 6th uh, will be 34 years that she and I have been married. And um, we moved back to Tennessee uh, after we got married, and I eventually enrolled in Belmont University. At the time, I was a student at Belmont and uh, pastoring a church in Springfield, Tennessee. And after I graduated from Belmont, went to seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and um I pastored two or three churches while I was, um, you know, in seminary, after seminary. And then um, the first Sunday of October 2021, uh, I'll be at Will Height 11 years. And uh, it's by far the the longest tenure I've had as a pastor. But um, um, it's been great years. the church, when when I first went to Wilhite, and even before that, I said, God, I don't care where you take me. I don't care how big or small the church is. I don't care how big or small the salary is going to be. I just want a church that will love my family and I. And um, you know what? I think they will, they love their, my family more than they love me, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. But but God has answered that uh, that prayer. He's given us a wonderful church, wonderful people, and um, just a loving group of people. Tim, you 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 said a couple of words there that really uh, a lot of words, but a couple that just sort of leap out at me. Uh, and and maybe the most important words you basically surrendered. You said, God, That's I right. want your will. It was like it was like. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, you right. know, is there any way, you know, but he said at the end of the prayer, not my will, Father, but your will be done. Right. You said, God, just, you know, you you know the plan, you know what's best, send That's me right. where you want to send me, tell me where you want to go, and you were willing to go there and do that, no matter what it was, because you know right. he was with you. That's that, right. That surrender uh, and and that's a, a term that might be uncomfortable with some people. But when we we say God, not my will, but yours, boy, real peace comes when we do that. That's absolutely right. I think back a lot of times to the ancient Hebrews in the Old Testament, and um, uh, keep that in mind. 
But remember, in Romans 12, Paul said we are to give ourselves as a living sacrifice. And the ancient Hebrews, when they put a sacrifice on the altar before God, they lost all right as to what happened to that sacrifice. In other words, they didn't have the uh, right to say, don't do that to to that sacrifice. Uh, They gave it up. And when we place ourselves on the altar before the Lord and surrender, um, we give up all rights. And uh, God uses us however he sees fit. And we have to surrender to that. And that's not a position of weakness. That's right. That's a position of when God says, my grace is sufficient. That's right. That's a position of where we're functioning. We're not in it by ourselves, but it's his power, his Mm -hmm. strength, his grace working through us to help us do what to do, to help us do what he's called us to do. Exactly. And it's a position of peace because there's nothing like knowing that you're in God's will. That's exactly right. There was a time in my life um, after I'd gotten married, about two years that I went through not pastoring, not preaching, and uh, is the most miserable experience of my life uh, because I knew I, I, I just decided I'm going to get out of this and I'm just going to get a secular job and just be like everybody else. And um, that didn't work for me. I, I couldn't be like everybody else. I couldn't just go to work, go to church when I wanted to, um, that didn't work. Um, God wanted more than that. And uh, I was miserable for two years. And uh, after those two years, and I got back into pastoring again. Uh, I, I haven't looked back. Um, you know, sometimes we can break away and step aside, but the Bible says God's callings and his gifts are irrevocable. Once God places his calling on somebody, he doesn't change his mind. And so it's irrevocable, and he keeps drawing you and moving you in that direction that he wants you to go. Yeah, we, I think there are folks in our audience that need to hear that, that even we may get out of the plan. We may, right. m- may to use the term backslide sometimes, not saying that you did, but we, we may get out of the will of God. But right. even during the time when you were not there, you knew there was an empty spot. You knew there was something that's there. absolutely God right. didn't get you off in the corner and box your ears and say, no. Tim, boom, 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 I'm not going to use you anymore. That's when right. you came back and said, hey, I want to get back on the path, he was ready. And he opened the door. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, uh, his word says that he puts before us doors that no man can shut. And when he opens those doors and opens opportunities, um, nothing is going to shut that door of opportunity um, and he'll give you the ability to to move through that door to walk through it and if he calls you to something uh, if he's called you to that he doesn't call you without equipping you he gives you everything absolutely you need to do what he's called you to do dwight i was a 13 year old boy i started pastoring my first church at 18 years old what does an 18-year-old kid know about pastoring a church? <laughs> and if God hadn't have done it through me, there's no way that I could have ever done it. And, and today, I'm, I'm 53 years old, and I still say, if God doesn't do, me, do it through me, there's no way I can. And you've been serving the folks at Will Height now for 11 years, yes, a sir. wonderful congregation, a wonderful group of people still fulfilled in it, still being a blessing to the church and the community. And Tim, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's been a real joy to talk to you. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. 
Happy to have my guest, Tim Miles, with me today, pastor of Wilhite Baptist Church in Cookville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Join us same time next week for The Chat.